Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever. Best friends forever. Fantasy best friends forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network alongside Frankie Stample, Michael Florio. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Frankie, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Happy Friday to you, bud. You didn't get the memo. Everybody on this show is wearing a hat today except you. Why? Well, no one told me there was a, it was a thing. I can't even imagine you wearing a hat. If, I, if, you, if you were to wear a hat, I would choose a bucket hat. Uh, no. I feel like you would look great in a bucket hat. I have, I have normal hats. No, you don't. I have many of them. If, I, if I've never seen one, it doesn't count. Oh, sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> We've gone to games together. You've never worn a hat. Really? Oh, because you always go straight from work. Yeah. That's why. Put it in your bag. I don't know. Wear it afterwards. Yeah. You're not a big hat guy. I am sometimes. You're going to keep that luscious head of hair for a long time, Greg. That's the goal, my man. That's the goal. <laughs> Mikey, how'd you sleep, bud? I slept good, and the only hat I know that Greggy has is he used to have a big, poofy winter hat. That's the only hat I've ever seen him wear. <laughs> I'm I pretty do. sure he still has that one. I, that's a different poofy winter <laughs> hat I have now, but I do have a poofy winter hat. Still. Mikey, what's going on on that hat? What's the yin-yang? It's a, it's a Mac Miller hat, actually. It's the swimming Oh, hat. that's pretty dope. Get me one. Thank you. Buy me they're one, they're online. Come on. My birthday's coming soon, November. My birthday's first. That's true. Mine's already <laughs> passed. Also Happy true. birthday, Greggy. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, Florio, uh, how was your week last week uh, with your friends that you ditched us for? It was a lot of fun. Uh, Friday when I you know, couldn't make it on the show, I went and played basketball for the first time in Venice Beach. That was a, a really cool experience. And then day drinking Saturday and Sunday. And for the first time ever in my life, I was at a bar and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to really be here today. Like, I, I think I'm getting old. Unfortunately, well, Greg's been there for about ten years now, Mike. So you're not alone. <laughs> uh, you're joining the old crew. I don't know what could be more important than hanging out with your best friends. No idea, right, Greg? I mean, I thought we were his best friends. Agreed. Who were his other friends? No, I live in the world. Like it, I, it, I see you guys every Friday. Yeah. So Who's someone argue that you should see us more. By the way, <laughs> I meant to tell you this the second you got it. You walked in this morning. But I was uh, not in the room. So there was like one comment. I don't even think you could see it. I don't know if it's public yet. There was one comment on our show from yesterday. Did you see it? Yes, I did. And I said it to Florio. Okay, I wanted to say it to I want, Why did you include me in that group? I was just like, this is hilarious. I didn't know if you were mad about it or what Why did you know mad about this? It it's just funny. Do you not know me if you think I'm mad about it? I was like, things? wow, I actually have people that defend me. That's great. Dude. It was hysterical. It was. <laughs> it was absolutely hysterical. I, I did crack up. Well, did you crack up? Yes, I did. 
Frank can attest to that. I was I was cracking. He did up send me the LMFAO text. That that, that I woke up to that text. Of all texts, I don't like that I wasn't in that in, that, in the message. I don't like that I wasn't. I don't know how you felt about it. Well, we were actually all laughing about it downstairs, but you had your head headphones on, and I assumed you were listening to like top forty hits, so I didn't want to bother you. No, uh, no, no, I can already guess what it was. Florio knows exactly what I was listening to. Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran have a new song. You're damn right, I don't care. Hundred percent. And that's exactly how I feel about that song, Greg. You didn't even hear it yet. You don't care. <laughs> you haven't heard it. I bet you it's. I bet you it's good. Yeah, of course it's good. It's awesome. <laughs> no, I'm a Bieber guy. I'm not yeah, Shane Bieber. That is, of course. Uh, it's new, it was the t- on top of New Music Friday. Florio knows what he's doing. New Music Friday. I didn't listen to it yet, but I saw it came out. Of course, it's, it's everywhere. You don't know New, new Music Friday. Uh, basically, Spotify gives like a monstrous playlist of all like the new music that's come out. Uh, that I guess they want to promote. All right, so, anything else good besides the Biebs and yeah? And so I was listening on my way to work today. There is a brand new Blink One Eighty Two song on there. Like, oh, it's pretty good. That's a little blast from the past. yeah, right. And I, I heard them, I was like, this really sounds like Blink-182. So in my pocket, I was like, well, who's singing this? I'm like, oh my God, it is Blink-182. It's like one of those moments. See that the dead may never on, die. What's up? They're going on tour with Lil Wayne. Of course they are. Like, I, I want to go. That's a nice little duo right there. Lil Wayne and Blink-182. Greg, you going? No. You? No, you're not going. You? No. No, I'm not going. They made oh, a Billy mashup Joel. video. Greg, you would like it. It's a, and Frank, you would too. I think it's a mashup of "What's My Name Again" and a Millie by Lil Wayne. It's a uh, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds pretty cool. I like when they do the uh, the rock rap mashups. I was a big fan of when they did all the, like the Lincoln Park and Jay Z stuff. That was really cool. Also, a uh, big pun made a remix of one of his songs with Incubus. I like when they, I like when they awesome. do that. I like when yeah. the Incubus when, and Big Pond together. That sounds cool. And all goes back to me, like obviously Aerosmith and Run DMC, of course. Yeah, it's but, the OG. But like, like when Jay Z and Lincoln Park did that album, like that was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was really, really cool. Good. Really good, Greg. All right, enough uh, enough music talk for today. <laughs> um, let's get into Waiver Wire Friday. It's New Music Friday, and it's Waiver Wire Friday here on uh, the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. And I actually want to start with what we were just talking about, Frank. Before we came on the air. And it was actually a, a player to drop. We're going to talk about a lot of pieces to add. But I, I want to start with a player to drop. And it was a guy that the three of us were very, very high on last year. Not as much like this year, but I certainly invested in him. Um, and that's Travis Shaw. The Brewers are facing three lefties this weekend in Chicago or in, against Chicago. And because of that, Craig Council said, hey, we're giving Travis Shaw a mental rest for, for three days. It's now May 10th. Shaw's batting average, I believe, is still under 200. Mike Florio, can we drop Travis Shaw? Much like I said with Jesus Aguilar, I'm going to give him another week. I want to see this mental health uh, rest for him. And Travis Shaw, I read a quote today, actually, just before I came on, that he said there is anxiety in his performance right now like because he got off to the bad start, and he obviously is trying to fix it. So he said he's feeling a lot of anxiety. I think this three-day rest, you know, just to clear his head, I think it can do him some good. So I'm not... I own him in a few leagues. I haven't dropped him anywhere yet. If we see him get this rest and he comes back in the next week, he's still really, really struggling. And then, you know, if we're starting to see him lose some playing time against lefties, then I will do it. But if this is just strictly, hey, let's give this guy three days. We need him out there every day. I'm not going to drop him just yet because I know the potential he has. And I know 
Uh, I just want exposure to that Brewers lineup. But again, if you want to put him on the bench, I'm totally okay with that. And if you, after this week or so, if you're getting tired of him and you want to drop him, I say you can. In 10 team leagues, I think you can. But in, you know, like the deeper 12 or 15 leagues, uh, I'm going to hold out for now. Yeah, I'm actually closer to Florio on this one than than where we were at uh, on Jesus Aguilar. Just because back to back seasons of 30 home runs has a little bit more of a track record than Jesus Aguilar did. He's struggling mightily right now. There's no way around it. 31% strikeout rate. That's much higher than anything he's done each of the past two seasons. Against lefties this year, Greg, he is 3 for 31. That is a 097 batting average. He's never been great against lefties, but he's never been this bad either. So, especially in that ballpark, in that lineup, I do agree with Florio. Especially 12-team leagues are deeper. You can get him out of your lineup, but the fact that he has second, third base eligibility and still does have you know serious power upside in that lineup, in that ballpark, I would want to hold on to him as well. Okay, holding on to Travis Shaw, and that will include holding on to him over some of the names we're about to talk about, which I guess will begin with Miguel We'll begin with Miguel Sano only because he's a third baseman as well. Sano coming back uh, already on the rehab assignment for Minnesota, and it looks like his return is imminent. Sano in Yahoo Leagues is owned in just 26% of leagues. He's gotten off to a nice start in the rehab. If he's out there, Frank, you wouldn't drop Travis Shaw for him? I wouldn't. I think they're pretty similar players. Uh, I've always been a Miguel Sano guy. I think the power is legit, but at this point in his career, he's never been able to stay healthy. It's always something. I mean, he hurt his heel like celebrating a win in the Dominican League. There's always something going on with Miguel Sano. Kind of a head case, similar to Travis Shaw. He's going to give you a lot of pop. He's going to strike out a lot as well, so... I'm, again, I'm going to go with the guy who has the better track record in the better ballpark. Arguably better lineup. I think the Brewers lineup is a little bit better than the Twins as much as I like the Twins lineup. So I think they're similar players, except that Miguel Sano does have a little bit more risk involved with him. I do like him. I would like to stash him right now. More so in head-to-head categories leagues or roto leagues because the strikeouts are going to hurt you a lot in points leagues. But again, I love the Twins lineup, and it seems like he'll probably slot in somewhere middle to back end of that lineup but should have some pretty serious RBI opportunities. I like him, just not more than Travis Shaw. Florio. No, I agree with Frank there. Um, I, I think the Brewers lineup, I like the Twins lineup as well, but I think the Brewers lineup is one of the best in baseball. And I think Travis Shaw, if he can get his head right, he's not going to, like right now we're saying he's striking out at an abysmal rate, 31%. Miguel Sano has never in a major league season struck out less than 35% of the time. So to me, he is a very peaks and valley hitter. I would like to add him, but I'm not dropping Travis Shaw for him. Plus, I do have some concerns like, the Twins lineup is starting to get healthy, and they have a lot of options there. So, especially at the corner infield positions. So, just a tad of a, a added concern there for Sano. So that's why I would lead to lean on Travis Shaw. That's a good point. But like, where? How is Miguel Sano going to play every day, Greg? That's the question, right? So now. I actually was reading. He can't occupy the DA spot. They have Nelson Cruz. So I was reading the Athletic article where. Uh, all the crew from the Athletic, they interviewed the beat reporters and asked some questions. So they just did one, and they asked about Miguel Sano coming back and where he's going to play and what the deal is. And according to Rocco Baudelli, Marwin Gonzalez is actually going to play the Marwin Gonzalez role, the role that DJ LeMay was supposed to have for the Yankees if everyone okay. was healthy. Like just give everyone, give a different guy a day he's off a, every day. He's an like everyday that. player that's a utility player. Right? Okay. That was yeah, the, like give... Sano, Jonathan Scope a day off right, here there. Give Scope, Miguel Sano, Scope, give CJ Crone a day off. Crone, the guys in the corner outfield, right? Like... like He's going to play four to five times a week, but in a different spot every day. So Miguel Sano is going to be the everyday third baseman, I think, for this team. 
He's they're, a very they're bad also defender, the, by the way. <laughs> he is. And, and there also is Mitch Garver, who I know they use there at, like, at, at the corner infields at times. And then there's, when he comes back, uh, Williams Ostadillo, who they were playing at catcher, first, third, and corner outfields when he was healthy. And I don't, I understand why they want him in the lineup. He's a, he's a bat on ball machine. He has a great eye. So like, I, I understand why they want to get him in the lineup as well. There's a, there's a lot of talent on the twins right now. And, and then Williams Astudillo is a good way to counteract Miguel Sano because, again, Miguel Sano, a guy who swings and misses a lot, but does hit for power. Williams Astudillo, if you've seen this guy, he doesn't swing and miss at all. He doesn't strike out. He doesn't walk either, but he does have the good bat on ball skills. Someone who I know loved Williams Astudillo, we actually had him live in studio earlier this season, was Joe with a mustache, Mike. And I know you went out with Joe last night to the Dodger game. How was that? It was a lot of fun. He actually brought up that debate. He was like, he asked me what I thought on Ostadillo. I was like, I like him. And he was like, yeah, I had a huge debate on the BFFs. And and I, I don't know what the debate was exactly, but I, I do like Ostadillo. But going to the Dodger game with Joe was a lot of fun. He had seats like bar seats and they let me sit with them. So we were in the, the first deck watching, you know, Rich Hill, unfortunately, not have that good first inning. But it was a fun time. Oh, I mean, yeah. Anytime that Rich Hill pitches, Mike, and you get to watch him, um, you know, not necessarily do what you expected it. I, this isn't your typical quality over quantity start for Rich Hill, Mike. No, but it also was a three-run homer in the first inning. And then after that, he settled in and pitched okay. My boy, my boy Patty Corbin on the other side. Not really. He was boy. killing it. He's definitely not your boy. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you were totally out he on him. He was so out I, on I him. I have one share of him in one of our home leagues, so I was rooting for him. And because of that, last night, he was my boy, Greg. That's unbelievable. <laughs> you were so out on Patrick Corbin. I, I was out on Patrick Corbin. He's still walking more guys this year, but he was very good last night. <laughs> He's been really <laughs> was, good this whole year. Unhittable last night. He was great. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, next topic. Next topic is a guy that you've been in on all week. We talked about him a little bit, uh, I guess it was yesterday. And that's Hunter Pence. And I know Frank's thoughts. I gave my thoughts yesterday, Mike. So let me go over to you. Hunter Pence, where is he on the must-own status for you right now, given that we do expect him to become an everyday player in Texas? Yeah, I would be looking to add Hunter Pence right now. I don't think he's a a guy that I'm going to pick up and expect to own the rest of the season, but he's hot right now and he's going to be given a chance. And I think that's something that some fantasy owners make a mistake about. Like, oh, if if this guy, I don't think he's going to be this good all season, so why pick him up? And we used to talk about this all the time on the show. Like, I don't care about that. If he could give me two hot weeks before he starts cooling off, that's, you know, production that I'm going to get that count all year. So I would be looking to add Hunter Pence right now with the expectation that sooner or later he's going to come back down to earth, realize he's Hunter Pence, and I'm going to have to drop him. He's only 14% owned in Yahoo right now. Which makes sense. That seems, no, that seems criminally low, man. It's not criminally low because no, it, it he, ju- he just became an everyday player. I think it should be higher than that. Just me, I feel like it should be higher than that already. He, oh, I don't agree because he just became an everyday player. So now we're telling people, go pick him up. People haven't had their waivers run. We've been talking like about that for like the past two days, though. What about your waivers don't run until tomorrow, tonight? True. Well, I mean, I, I just, I just imagine a lot of Yahoo leagues are just yeah. first come, first serve. A lot. 19% on CBS. Yeah, so I, I think... Yeah, it, feels like it should, feels like it should be higher. Honestly, on Sunday it, night, I expect that... No, like, let's recheck this on Monday. Yeah, it's probably going to be closer to 50%. Morning. Yeah. Let's, let, let's check this sometime on Monday. Hunter Pence, completely agree with your analysis there, Mike. He's not going to be a guy that you own all year long, and that's okay. But he's hot right now, so you should play him. Question is, obviously, do you drop Travis Shaw for him? No. Okay. So let me give it somebody else here. Do you drop... There was one name on the on the drop list that really surprised me. Which one is it? I think he was. I think he was the first name. 
Well, I don't want to do that yet because we're not doing we're not, not up to pitchers yeah. yet. So I don't I don't want to get up to that. Would you drop Danny Santana for his teammate Hunter Pence? Yeah, I'm okay with that right now. Hunter Pence is, is playing lights out ball. I know he had his six home run last night. I put it out on Twitter the other day. I'll even admit, I didn't realize how good of a year Hunter Pence was having in that limited role yeah. until I really looked into his numbers. And now I'm like, all right, yeah, if he's getting this everyday opportunity, uh, most fringy guys on my roster, I'd be okay dropping because those are the guys that you pick up while they're hot. And then when they start to cool off, you just ride the next hot wave. Mikey, I'll throw another name your way. I know you own him in a few places. But he's been pretty cold over the last 30 days. 184 batting average, Greg. That's Dan Vogelbach. Yeah. He's really cold off. Mikey, what are you doing with Dan Vogelbach? You dropping? Which, before you answer, Florio, like, we kind of knew he was going to cool off. Like, he yeah. was not going to bat 350 all year. Yeah, I mean, he's power. at 255 now. Right. Now you just got to hope that it's not, it's a slump rather than him just, you know, cooling off for good type of thing. So, uh, exactly why I would I would still ride out with Vogelbach because I think the upside is higher. I do think he is a player that I could keep in my lineup all year where I don't believe that for Pence. I could be wrong for Hunter Pence, but after what we've seen the last few years out of him at his age, I, I'm just more inclined to take the, the shot on the upside of Dan Vogelbach and only 26 years old. And, and I think what the Mariners are doing right now is really interesting. Like I have no idea why they were like, hey, let's play Edwin Encarnacion at second base. But I think it's because when they call up Malik Smith, again they're trying to get bruce vogelbach and edwin encarnacion in the lineup every day speaking of malik smith mike uh, what do you think do you think he's called up before may 15th that's in five days no tie come on don't say that tie <laughs> he's crushing it right now six stolen bases in six games greg good for malik smith we got a whole lot more players to add and players to drop when we come back here on the fantasy best friends forever DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Full-time fantasy You Darvish, man Like, are you kidding me? I mean, this is the Marlins This is one of the worst teams in baseball He's thrown 97 pitches through four innings Against the Marlins Are you kidding me? He's walked six Marlins in four innings. I don't understand how you can 
run Darvish out there. Like, this is over a month now. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. So I hope you can stand the vibration, because we're about to rock the entire nation. All right? Here we go. Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stamp, Michael Florio, Greg Sussman, hanging out with you on a Friday. Feeling good. Oh, my head cut my head got cut off on the shot. Oh. Saw it. Replayed on YouTube. Sorry, man. It's all right. Have a good time here on a Friday, Greg. Alex's doing his best. You're running around. Yeah, yeah, I can't blame the guy. He does a good job. Not really his fault. Does a good job. It's a great job. Does a great job. Um You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't say little, chime, we didn't say chime in, in, but you know. It's fine. Thanks, guys. Alex usually chimes in for uh, some Steelers talk. No Steelers talk today. Sorry, Alex. No Steelers talk today uh, at all. Let's continue on with some of these players to add. It was another name that I brought up yesterday, and then we'll kind of move on to some new guys. And, Mikey, that's David Fletcher. Leading off from the Angels right now, playing every day. He's been pretty good. We talked about him a couple of weeks back, and we kind of joked and laughed, but David Fletcher's been good. Yeah, I think David Fletcher fits the mold of, like, those Hunter Pence types where you pick them up right now and you see if this lasts or not. And if not, then you you drop them and you move on. Like, I'm not saying David Fletcher is going to hit over 300 and, and he's going to keep up like this pace that he's playing on right now. But while he's playing well and leading off for the Angels, yes, he he should be picked up. Yeah, I agree with that. And shout out to Eno Saris. I saw Eno Saris tweeting last night and he does like a little uh, like box score breakdown of just scrolls through and sees things that... That catches eye, Greg. And he said Fletcher equals cheap McNeil. Exactly what I've been saying. You've been saying that for weeks. So there you go. There's a, I have some credibility on my name, Greg. I got something right. So that's exactly what I've been saying. I mean, look, the bats of all skills are great. Uh, Jeff, uh, David Fletcher has a 4.1% strikeout rate. The guy does not strike out at all uh, and actually has a 39% hard hit rate. For a, for a smaller dude, that's pretty damn good. So considering he makes as much contact as he does... Um, yeah, I'm interested, and especially in uh, in Yahoo. He has second, third, and outfield eligibility, so definitely helps you out more there uh, if you play in a daily lineup league where you can just kind of mix and match and get him in your lineup whenever he plays. And he's played five games in a row for them. Playing a lot Four right multi-games in a row. Playing a lot right now is David Fletcher, one of the hotter hitters uh, that are probably out there on your waiver wire. But, Mike, who are you dropping for him, right? Like, wh- where does Liz go on players to drop for him? Yeah, like, there's no way I'm dropping Travis Shaw for him. Uh, I wouldn't drop Dan Vogelbach. He's in the same realm as, like, Hunter Pence for me. Like, Danny Santana, sure. Like, those fringy guys that, you know, you've been picking up and taking flyers on, yeah, those are the guys that I would drop. I wouldn't drop, though, like, a Shaw or Vogelbach or a guy who I think can be a season-long contributor to my fantasy team. Okay, so nobody's super significant uh, for David Fletcher here. Mike Florio, uh, Mike Florio, Frank mentioned. (laughs) You're right, Craig. Fine. Like a spaz moment there. Well, was, and, and it was natural, too. It was just in one motion. Mike Florio. Mike Florio. Well, I was trying to get my words all together here. Well, Flor- what would you like to say, Greg? I've, the floor is yours. Well, what I was trying to say was, you mentioned Malik Smith before, and Frank and I had the argument, like, do you drop him? Do you hold him? But two other guys got sent down to the minors here this week, in Nate Lowe and Carter Keeboom. They're not a keeper league. Are you holding on to him? 
Yeah, I would try my best to hold on to those guys, especially if you were the ones who spent, you know, 30% of your fab. I think someone spent like 400 bucks on Nate Lowe in uh, one of the great fantasy baseball invitationals. Like, if that was you, there's no way I'm dropping him right now, especially Nate Lowe, who got... It wasn't even like he he played bad. He barely even got a cup of coffee. I I think we all dropped the ball on Nate Lowe, not expecting that when Austin Meadows came back, they're just... There was going to be an odd man out, and I don't think anyone really thought it would be him. But I do expect Nate Lowe to be back, you know, sometime this summer, and I expect Keyboom to be back as well. Uh, so I would, I would try and hold my best to hold on to these guys and put them on my bench. But I get it if you can and you have a bunch of injuries or anything, but that would be the only way I'd want to drop them at least this early on. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised that Nate Lowe got sent down personally. Um, I think he's probably one of the better hitters in the organization. Like they're opting to keep. G-Man Choi on the roster over it. Like that, to me, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. And unlike Carter Keyboom, it wasn't even warranted for Nate Lowe to be sent down. He was performing well. He got the batting average up to 300. Um, seemed like he was performing all right. So it's just surprising to me that they opt to keep a guy like G-Man Choi on their roster instead of a guy like Nate Lowe. I, I, think... I agree with Mike. I would, I would try and hold on to both these guys. But I spent $350 on Carter Keyboom in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational and in the main event. Those are deeper leagues, 15 teams. You have seven bench spots. There's obviously no minors, no injured list spots. Uh, but I can afford to kind of stash those guys right now, so I'm going to hold on. But I think that's really different than your standard home 12-team league, in all honesty, because... It's true. It's not as deep. It's not 15 teams, obviously. I had Court or Keyboom. I spent a crap ton of Someone money I on spent $31 in our home league. Home league on Keyboom and dropped him. I listen. Mine's a little bit different because it's first come first serve, and I spent a significant portion of my budget. I dropped him. What am I? I what am I doing? Especially in a daily league, it's harder. I understand. Like you need waste, guys that are going to help. It's a waste you of play. a roster spot. It's I, a little bit I, I easier in it. a weekly league where Certainly, you, know, not, you can kind of just use your, your bench yeah. spots to stash players. Absolutely, agree I understand. With that. Look, everyone's got injuries too, so it, it depends. Like. It depends where you're at. If you have a lot of injuries, Greg, if you're falling behind, if you're playing a head-to-head league or you're playing a roto league and you're starting to fall down the standings and you need help, you might not have a choice. But ultimately, I would try my best to hold on to these guys. I still do think that they're really talented. Uh, Carter Keeboom's got some stuff that he's got to figure out. He struck out a ton when he was here. He didn't play well defensively either. I actually he have a little again bit last night. I have a little bit more. He did. He, he got sent down uh, his first game back in the minors. He does home run. Only hit of the game. Last night. But I, I do have a little bit more concerns with him over Nate Lowe just because if everyone's healthy, if Rendon is back and, and Trey Turner's back, where does he play? Do they start working him in the outfield or something like now, that? Now, so what we said was we'll that see what happens. if he played as, well, played as well as we would have hoped, he would have found his way into the lineup. Yeah, well, Matt Adams is hurt now, too, and Ryan Zimmerman, so maybe they move Dozier first or put Kibu Met first, something like that. So we'll see what happens. I, I think there's more of an opportunity for a guy like Nate Lowe just because I just don't really trust G-Man Choi long-term for that team. I have a question for you guys. Sure. So when it comes to these prospects, I tried to write an article this week on fan tracks, like lessons we can learn from this. And my takeaway was, I said, you got to ask three questions. Like what is this prospect ceiling and key boom and, and low checked out, right? We all knew their ceiling was awesome, but I think the bigger two questions then have to be, is the team competing? Because that's just naturally going to be a shorter leash. Like if if Keyboom was on like the Tigers, I don't think he gets sent down. And is there positional competition there? Where and what I mean by that, like, is if Carter Keyboom isn't playing well, hey, we have a veteran in Brian Dozier who could play his position, and we have Trey Turner coming back. Why do we? Why are we going to like waste it with this kid struggling? So I think those are two things that 
that everyone gets excited for prospects and i totally get that you need to to bid up if you want to get in on the hype but do you guys believe that we need to start factoring in those two other uh like those factors more going forward with prospects or do you think we just continue to to spend high and hope they hit no, I think that makes sense. It's You can't judge every prospect the same, Greg. I mean, you do have to take all of these factors into consideration. And maybe we didn't do that enough when it came to Carter Keeboom. I'm going to stick with my stance on Nate Lowe. Unless there's something else, like there's some other baseball politics involved here, like maybe G-Man Choi. Manipulation. Maybe G-Man it's, Choi it's is... salary manipulation. Because I think they're looking at it as, is G-Man Choi that different from Lowe right now? If we could keep low playing time down and keep his numbers down, why wouldn't like a small market team like the Rays do it? Yeah, that's probably true. And, and I don't know if G-Man Choi has options left. So, that, I mean, that's something that might factor into it as well. Uh, there, are a lot, there are a lot of factors. Uh, and I think that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I, w- I, I will stick with what I said. I still think that Nate Lowe probably uh, deserved uh, more so than, than Carter Keeboom to stay on the roster. But uh, it is unfortunate. It's a good point that you bring up, Mike. I think we do have to take these things into consideration a little bit more. Someone tweeted me the other day and said, your Don Alvarez isn't even on the 40-man roster for the Astros. So how's this guy going to get a call-up? There's always ways to manipulate that. I know. Like, you could put someone on a 60-day IL, like, whatever, DFA somebody, but, I mean, he's not on the active roster right now. Sure. It could still happen. Sure. But Kyle Tucker is already on the 40-man. Agreed. So maybe it's wrong of me. I I don't get excited for Astros prospects like everyone else. Like I know I probably should, but if there's one team that like just doesn't care about getting their prospects up and stuff, it, it's the Astros. The Colorado I mean, Rockies of, say, "Hold my beer, Mike." <laughs> the, I feel like the Astros have done it more, man. The Astros, time and time, like how many? In I don't the agree last with five that. Years? I, I don't agree with that because you had Correa come up, you had Bregman come up. They both played. I, okay, but then look, Springer at, too. Look at the, Look, those guys though were like, they they were earlier though. Since those guys have come up, there's been like five plus prospects that we've all been excited for in the Astros. They had like ten first basemen that we were excited about, and then they bring in Yuli Gurriel. You know, like well, they I mean, just but hold, but to be fair, Mike, they were right because all these got all those first basemen, they all stunk. Every one of them, right? Uh, I think Tyler White could be very good if he ever gets everyday playing time. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, but like John Singleton. He played very well last year. John Singleton, not good. Um, I always wanted Derek Fisher to get a shot, and that never happened. Yeah, Derek Fisher yeah, never happened. Never... Kyle Tucker hasn't really happened. Preston Tucker is a disaster. And now Colin McHugh is sucking. And if any of the other starting pitchers start to suck, like, are we really going to get Forrest Whitley? I mean, they'll probably just find some other guy to call we'll up. Sign and... Dallas Keuchel. Like, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit harder with the Astros because you're right. I mean, they are a team that's trying to compete, obviously. And they're at the stage now, Greg, where you mentioned they called up Alex Bregman, they called up Correa, they, they call up all these guys, but now they're performing and they're, they have huge expectations to win a World Series. They can't really afford to kind of call up more young guys and have big ex- like expect big things from those guys right away. Like, they have Josh Reddick, who is, like, top five in batting oh, average in baseball we, right we now. We stashed Derek Fisher last year because we were like, oh, they're going to get rid of Josh Reddick and they're going to use Derek and Fisher. It never and happened. It never happened. Probably never going to happen again this year. Everyone's <laughs> excited about Jordan Alvarez, and rightfully so. He's crushing it right now. But they're, like, I don't, and I said this last week when everyone was picking him up, Greg. How does it happen? How does it happen for him? Because there, there are a bunch of, Oops, that he has to jump through right now. Then let me move on to players 
Frank, not that I want to, don't want to answer your question, but yep. I want to move on to players that can help people here this week, right? And you mentioned Mike before, Williams Estudio, who, who's on the DL, IL, coming back at some point. But Mitch Garver has gotten it done for Minnesota as of late. Jason Castro had a homer this week. Playing time is going to be tough for all these catchers. Uh, if you're in a two-catcher league, two-catcher format, are you interested in picking up a Jason Castro or a Mitch Garver? Mitch Garver more so. Uh, I think Mitch Garver, even in his limited role, like he's giving you power. I think at, as a catcher too, even in a limited role, like and I have like Kurt Suzuki in leagues, Tyler Flowers, guys who don't play every single day because I think the catcher position is the one spot where your guy isn't going to play every day. So I, I would be most inclined to add Mitch Garver of those guys. But I will fully admit like it's going to be three three catchers for one spot. Like it's going to be frustrating. Yeah, I love Mitch Garver, too, and I would assume that he's owned in all two-catcher leagues already, Greg. I, okay. But I, I, would, I would push him up into he's almost worth owning in a one-catcher league just because of the way he's performing right now and the lineup that he plays in. But it is going to be frustrating. But there are a lot of catchers who might be fringy, you know, single-catcher leagues worth owning. Like, in a 12-team league, like he's towards that back end. He's, he's pushing himself into, like, top 10, top 12 at your territory, even if he only plays, you know, three, maybe four times a week, when he plays, he's been really damn good this year. So shout out to Nando DeFino, who was on Mitch Garver before everyone else. He, uh, Mitch Garver is just absolutely matching right now. The bat ball data is really good for him. Nando DeFino is- also on uh, Jabari Blash before everyone else as well. <laughs> he is, he is catcher number 10 right now in points league. Wow. So, yeah, and, and there's a lot, catcher, there's like eight good catchers this year. Like, Wilson Ramos has sucked. Awful. Buster Posey, we yeah. all knew, was going to suck. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's been it's, it's been a really bad position. It's been really, really tough, uh, that catcher position. Just a couple more hitters in your standard 12-team leagues that we wanted to throw out before we moved on to pitching. Uh, Hunter Renfrew is a game that obviously really comes to mind. He's owning 35% of Yahoo leagues right now. He has homered in three of his last four games, including a pinch-hit home run uh, a couple of nights ago uh, at home against the Dodgers. And the big story is, especially if you're in a daily change league, Hunter Renfrew this weekend is in Colorado. If he plays every day, uh, that sounds like a recipe for success, Frank. Yeah, I've been a big Hunter Renfro fan for a long time, but the concerns that we had for all the Padres outfielders coming into the year, were they going to play enough? And he has played more recently. They're finding ways to get guys in the lineup. They're putting Will Myers in center field at times. Uh, Manuel Margot seems like he's been the one that kind of has taken the biggest backseat here. Fran Mel Reyes playing every single day, um, and everyone knows how I feel about Fran Mel Reyes already at this point, but... Hunter Renfro, 52.6% hard hit rate. He puts the ball in the air. Uh, you saw the, the pinch hit grand slam against Kenley Jansen on Sunday. The guy can absolutely mash. He just needs an opportunity to play. He has nine home runs in uh, 108 plate appearances so far this year. So the, the ability to hit has never been in question for Hunter Renfro, especially um, hit for power. But the, is he going to play enough? That's, that's the biggest question mark. And I think right now, uh, the fact that he's playing as well as he is, I think he'll be in the lineup more often than not for the San Diego Padres. Yeah, I, I, the way he's hot right now, Floria, which means Hunter Renfro probably should be picked up, certainly for this weekend. Yeah, he should be. I know he's in the top three in their outfielders and plate appearances this year. Will Myers leads them, and I don't know like how you can... At this point in time, I would be playing Reyes and Renfro over Will Myers if I was the Padres, but they're... Doesn't look like they're going to do that. It looks like when someone has to sit, unfortunately, it probably will be Renfro. But yeah, in cores this weekend, he should 100% be, you know, you should picked up and put in your lineup. And I, I agree with Frank. I, I love Reyes and I love Renfro. And if they were both given everyday plate appearances, I think both of them could be, you know, outfield threes if, if, with 
upside. Like I, I really do like both of these guys a lot in that lineup. It's just the playing time is, is maddening. We got a good question, just going back for one second about Mitch Garver. And you talked about how he's a top 10 catcher and Wilson Ramos has been awful. Would you drop Wilson Ramos from Mitch Garver in a one-catcher league? Is that for me or for Frank? It's for you. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know if I'm there yet just because of the playing time, but it is so close. Like, Wilson Ramos, his value was really inflated early in the year. He was hitting like 500 with runners in scoring position. He, le- at least last I looked, he was leading the league in ground ball percent. It wasn't even that close. Feels like every time he comes up, he grounds into a double play. They didn't even pinch hit him the other day for Thomas Nito with the game on the line. I, that was pretty telling to me. So, it's getting very close. I'm not sure if I'm fully there yet, only because of the playing time concerns for Garver. Yeah, I agree with Mike. And I was a Wilson Ramos guy coming into the year. He's always had issues with ground balls, but really has taken it to the next level. He was 54% entering this season in his career. He's up to 63% ground balls so far, and that's just not going to work out. I mean, normally we want a guy like D. Gordon to hit that many ground balls, but someone like Wilson Ramos, the big burly catcher, dude. We can't be having you hitting 63% ground balls, but... The past couple of years, he has been someone that you could rely on for batting average. Um, I would say the cream, Greggy, the cream rises to the top here when it comes to Wilson Ramos. I think he's going to be better. It's close, but I'll, I'll stick with Ramos. A couple of other hitters we want to mention here. Howie Kendrick, we talked about a lot uh, now that Carter Keboom is down. Uh, Kendrick's playing right every day, and he's certainly uh, doing very well right now. Kendrick Hot, consider picking him up. And then some deeper, some deeper league adds, Frank. Um, D. Gordon's injury last night opens up some opportunities in Seattle. Yeah, J.P. Crawford and Shed Long are both going to be called up by the Seattle Mariners, and it, I would imagine that J.P. Crawford's probably the guy that sees the bulk of the playing time. Even though it's cool name alert with Shed Long? I do like Shed Long. He was actually one of the prospects that they got in return for James Pax, and we can talk about him a little bit more when we come back. Uh, I was actually hoping he would just be the only one to get called up, and he would just be able to play every day at second base. But I do think that that will go to J.P. Crawford, at least in the short term. And maybe this could be the end of Tim Beckham as he's starting a shortstop, potentially. He's been struggling a lot, too. So you, you could see Shed Long at second and J.P. Crawford at short. We'll dive into this and we'll get on some pitching when we return. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. In this league. I'm probably a little bit higher on the Arizona wide receivers in particular. Um, Andy Isabella, I had kind of ranked lower as far as my receivers. But I think going to Arizona in Cliff Kingsbury's air raid system and them getting the quarterback to run this, I think it's a really good fit. And I also think that Hakeem Butler is a really good fit. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. 
Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. That is BFF's Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stample, Michael Florio, Greg Sussman. And we mentioned the Seattle situation. Tim Beckham struggling. D. Gordon hurt, hit on the wrist last night um, by Jay Happ. D. Gordon was not happy about that. No, he was not. Um, Shed Long. Rightfully so. J.P. Crawford, deep release. Pick him up. Um, well, especially if you were a D. Gordon owner, like I owned D. Gordon in the main event. And I'm going to have to figure out what to do about that situation now. It's not only do I lose a, a starting caliber player on my team, but I lose a ton of stolen bases. So uh, that definitely sucks. Uh, we'll see what they do in terms of Tim Beckham. I don't think that he's just going to completely be banished to the bench or anything. I know that he's cold right now. The Seattle Mariners, as the season goes along, I think they're going to have more of an eye on the future. So they're going to give their younger players an opportunity to play. Guys like Shed Long, guys like J.P. Crawford, but... In the short term, I don't think Tim Beckham just goes away right now, which could just make this a maddening situation for everybody, Greg. There's a lot of names in the Seattle Mariners lineup that they're trying to fit in constantly. And now if we have some kind of situation where it's a mix-in match between J.P. Crawford and Shed Long and Tim Beckham, they're probably all just going to take away from each other overall. So it's just kind of a frustrating situation. I don't know that any of them are really must-add players even in deeper leagues. In AL only, but, yeah, you take a shot, but I, I don't know that either one is going to, to play regularly right away. What do you think, Mike? I agree with, with Frank, but I was going to, like, there hasn't been an update that I missed, right? Because as the last I saw, it said the, the x ray was inconclusive and they're inconclusive not. Inconclusive is not good. Yeah, Mike. inconclusive is bad. Mike, inconclusive gonna, is bad. Wrong I, I know he's going to land on the IL, but it's not like it's like, oh, he's going to be out for two months, right? Like, there's we, been, we gotta, yeah. there hasn't been a timetable yet. It could be like, oh, he's back in two weeks. It will be. Do you like either of these guys, Mike? Uh, no, I agree with you. I think right now they're AL only guys. Right. Fair enough. J.P. Crawford does three home runs and three stolen bases, hitting 319, so better than what we've normally seen from J.P. Crawford in the minors. Shed Long, five homers, 276 batting average. I joked about him during the break. Mac Williamson called up for San Francisco uh, a couple of days ago, homered in his first game. Uh, next one got rained out. And yesterday, I don't think it was think he, snowed out, snowed, snowed and rained out, actually. And last night or yesterday afternoon, I don't think he did all that much. Um, Mac Williamson in a deep league. I, I think he's worth adding. My man, Ronnie Rodriguez, not even just a deep league. Ronnie Rodriguez should be owned. He's good. Right, right, Mike? Yeah, his ownership percentage is still, last I looked, it was still pretty low. So he should be, he should be higher owned than he is. Yeah, so I, when I was looking into Ronnie Rodriguez, too, Ronnie! He's, he's had some interesting minor league numbers, too. In, in 2017, he had 17 home runs, 15 stolen bases, 291 batting average. An interesting power-speed combination, mashing right now already for the Tigers. They don't have a ton of talent on this team, so I think he's going to play every single day. 51% hard hit rate, 43% fly ball rate, uh, 321 batting average right now, three homers, 12 rabies, one stolen base. 
What's not to like? Especially in a, in a daily transactions league, Greg. I picked him up in the pit league, and he plays every position but catcher. This is basically the second coming of Nico Goodrum. Same team. That's right. Except he might have a little bit more upside. Doesn't strike out as much as Nico. I like him. Thank you, man. Ronnie Rodriguez. Oh, speaking of Ronnie Rodriguez, sign up for today's FanDuel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's where the Ronnie Rodriguez fandom started. BFF FanDuel contest tonight on the main slate, 7 p.m. Florio, you better get your ass in there, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, just overall, a 20-person contest, $2 entry, top three positions pay out. If you've played in the contest before, you're already in it. Just hit the Friends tab on FanDuel, and you just have to set your lineup. That's pretty much it. I think we have a few more spots available, so if you want to join in, tweet at me at Roto underscore Frank. Send me your FanDuel username. Leave us a comment on YouTube. I will send you an invite. Uh, last week, it actually ran for money, which was fun. I know we mentioned the other day, username yes Two days future ended up winning it, and our buddy Constantine finished in the top three. So shout out guys, to the guys. I got, All of us I got, did not cash out. I, we did not. But I got disconnected during Ronnie Rodriguez. Uh, can I? I think he's one of the more interesting players to project. Sure, go, go ahead, dude. His hard hit rate is 51. His fly ball per, is 43%. You love to see that, and you would expect him to have more than three home runs. So, like, that right there, I'm like, all right, cool. I want to buy in. I want to get him, like, while he's, you know, we're seeing what we want to see, but the results haven't caught up yet. But at the same point in time, he's a swinging strike rate of 17%, and he's chasing pitches out of the zone 46.7% of the time, So, which tells me he should be striking out a lot more than he is. So, like, he's one of the ones, like, I think the upside is very high, but I also think, like, he's been getting a little fortunate with those strikeouts. Well, maybe he's just the next coming of Javier Baez, Mike. How about that? He, he could be. He could be. <laughs> those are Javier, ba- Javier Baez-esque numbers, man. Uh, Javier Baez, one of the best to do it in terms of swinging and missing, chasing pitches outside the strike zone, but still being awesome and still hitting for batting average. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready to say that Ronnie Rodriguez is Javier Baez, great, <laughs> but... I guess we'll, we'll ride it out for now. Kind of similar to some of these other guys, like the Hunter Pences of the world. Uh, the underlying numbers, the batted ball data look pretty good for Ronnie Rodriguez, maybe outside of the, uh, the plate discipline. But take a shot. He's performing well he right now. High, he has a high contact rate despite, you know, chasing every pitch out of the zone ever and thrown his way. That's such an interesting mix of, like, combination of things that he has going on right now. Because you're, you're saying he has the high contact rate, but also... You know, swings and misses, and then also chases a bunch of pitches. So it actually does remind me of a lot of Javier Baez. This is a the, the poorest, the poorest man version of, of Javier Baez is is Ronnie Rodriguez. <laughs> sure, like some of the we'll guys, you know, like Thirty uh, Fourth Street Herald Square. Ronnie Rodriguez is one of those guys. That's that's the Javier Baez version. <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> like he's out there wearing like a Cubs uniform, trying to take pictures with people. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the people in Manhattan, Greg, where they're just like, hey, I'm, I swear I'm Javier Baez, yeah. even though he doesn't look like Javier Baez at all. Like, right. give me a dollar. Take a picture with me. It's like Spider-Man who walks around in the middle of the city. That's like, all right, With a well, dirty costume. <laughs> dirty Spider-Man. Let's get to the closer. Let's get to the closers, gentlemen. Uh, Sean Kelly, who you had pointed out, Mike, a couple of days ago, was not in for the save situation. Chris Martin got it, and now you know why. Um, Sean Kelly has some sort of... What is it? Virus? It's not a virus. It's an infection. infection it's an infection. But yeah. well, we don't know what the infection is from or any more information on it. So 
Not great for Sean Kelly. Uh, Chris Martin's <laughs> going to be the closer for now until Jose Leclerc gets his job back. I would drop Sean Kelly. I feel very good about that. There's no reason to hold on to him. Because when he does come back, you don't know that he'll be the closer. You can definitely drop Sean Kelly. You can definitely pick up Chris Martin because he seems to be the guy again for now. Other closers that are out there this week. Pedro Strope went on the IL yesterday. I believe Steve Ciszek's probably the favorite in Chicago. But Frank, there are other options there. Yeah, I think this is going to be a messy situation, at least for the time being. Maybe once the MLB draft passes, they get in on the bidding for Craig Kimbrell. Um, And if you're wondering about Brandon Morrow, I scoured the web last night and could not find a single update on Brandon Morrow. He suffered a setback a couple weeks ago, and who knows when he's coming back. Yeah, so like the latest timetable that I saw with him was like, he's going to miss the entire first half. Don't worry about Brandon Morrow. That's that's not a thing. You have Ciszek, you have Brad Brock, you have Brandon Kinsler. All three of them have uh, prior closing experience. I looked into the numbers of all three last night. Steve uh, Ciszek has actually done better than I thought he was doing, and Brandon Kinsler was actually next up. Brad Brock walking a lot of people right now. I think Steve Ciszek's probably going to go for the most fad this weekend, Greg, but I think the sneaky ad is I would throw a few bucks on Brandon Kinsler and just see if he can grab a handful of saves or whatever if someone emerges here, but I think Steve Ciszek's probably going to be, be the most popular one, although Madden has says it, it's basically just like a mix and match right now. Yeah, it's always a mix and match until somebody pulls away. I think C-Shack's probably my favorite, but Mike, this is somewhere where you're going to just drain your fab and get very frustrated, I think. I don't trust Joe Madden at all when it comes to closers because since Brandon Morrow's got hurt last year, he hasn't named a closer. Like Even coming into this year, he was like, well, Morrow's our closer, and until he gets back, we'll piece it together, even though the whole world knew Pedro Strope was going to be the closer. Uh, I think I'm with you guys. I think it is Steve Ciszek. I put it on Patreon the other day. Uh, he's pitching the best of all the relievers right now. He, only uh, Kyle Ryan had a lower whip than, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a lower fit than uh, Steve Ciszek. But Kinsler's right behind him. I think that's a good call, Frank. Put a couple bucks on Kinsler, uh, and then hopefully you get maybe a handful of saves out of him. But Ciszek is the guy I would try to spend on right now. Steve Ciszek, potentially the favorite, although I don't know exactly how much that means uh, in Chicago. Some other starting pitchers, specifically... We could have figured out yesterday, but you, Darvish... Yeah. You know, ruined it. Oh, God. Don't even get me started. If he Mike. goes an inning or two longer, they probably treat it like a normal game instead of having Mike, Mike Montgomery come in for, for five innings in a safe situation. Like, it was a safe situation in the ninth, and they left Montgomery in. Yeah, and I don't blame them for doing that at all. I, Greg, I watched this entire start yesterday. You I know you were working very hard yesterday. Yeah, well, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I was eating my lunch, so I, I needed something to do. So what do I <laughs> it do? It was a quick, I a quick two and a half hour lunch. You want to throw <laughs> up? Quick two and a half hour lunch. You Darvish, ninety-eight pitches through four innings against the Miami Marlins. He walked the opposing pitcher. Is there anything more frustrating, Greg, than watching a start in baseball? Your pitcher in fantasy baseball walks the opposing pitcher. What is more frustrating than that? Oh, wait. Yeah, nothing. Crickets. It sucks. Dude, like, six walks, 98 pitches against the Marlins. And the last time he faced the Marlins in Marlins Park, he was really good. He was unhittable yesterday. He only gave up one hit. That's what you'd expect against the Marlins. But he walks six batters, man. I- I'm getting close to, the- close to the edge here with you, Darvish, Greg. I- I'm not going to drop him yet, but... Dude, like, there's nobody more frustrating than to watch in baseball right now as a starting pitcher. I had a few write-in votes yesterday for Noah Syndergaard. I can see why that's frustrating, but, dude, you Darvish just an absolute mess, Mike. If you owned you Darvish, even in a 12-team league, would you drop him? 
It's very close. I'm I'm getting to the point where you are. I don't think I'm there yet, but it's getting closer. I understand that the upside is still there because he's still getting a ton of strikeouts, but the command is shaky, man. It's it's the reason why, like, I put on Twitter yesterday, like, as much as I like Trevor Richards, man, and the upside is there. He's getting a lot of swinging strikes. He's still getting the strikeouts that you like to see, but the command is just so bad. It just it prevents them from going deep into games, and it kills your whip, and it's just... It's getting to the point where if you have that poor command, it's really hard to roster you and start with any sort of confidence. And here's the thing with Darvish, too. If you watch the start, he's throwing 96, 97 miles per hour, Greg. It's not a matter of, like, we have concerns about the stuff. He still has a ton of movement on his pitches. He has no idea where they're going at all. That's the biggest issue. You watch him, like, wipe out slider still. It'll go from one side of the strike zone all the way to the other side. He has a cutter that, that showed good movement yesterday, too. He just has absolutely no idea where any of these pitches ha- are going. I have a theory. So you know, like, how pitcher move, like, the ball is moving more than, like, ever with this new ball? Like, like the stuff that pitchers can do is, like, otherworldly now? Yep. I think batters, if they, like... They're just not chasing anymore because they know, like, hey, I have no chance. Like, I'm not saying no batters are chasing, but with certain pitchers, like, it feels like with Trevor Bauer, like, his stuff is so filthy, but he's walking everyone every game because people are just swinging less. And I feel like that might be a philosophy when it comes to some of these more, you know, these pitchers that have elite movement on their pitches. That is an interesting theory because this is something that we've talked about uh, multiple times this year, Trevor Bauer being one of them. And I've said that, like, at times I think he's almost trying to do too much is – some of these guys that have filthy stuff, they just can't throw it for strikes, Greg. I, I don't know. Maybe it's part of like the ball that they're using right now, like part of the juice ball. Like I don't. You would have to do like some kind of scientific experiment, something that's outside of like my hands or your hands, obviously. But like someone like Eno Saris could probably figure it out. <laughs> but it's it's an interesting theory because this isn't the first time that I've said this about a pitcher this year. Uh, it seems like there's almost too much movement with pitches, which is weird. So, anyway, so you're not dropping you Darvish quite yet. Very close. <laughs> to bring him back home. Just trying to help the people out. Very close, Greg. Fair enough. Starters to pick up for this week, and specifically this weekend. A lot of the guys I'm about to give you all start on Sunday. Mike, I want you to rank them for me. In okay. When you want to both just start on Sunday and then kind of pick up for, you know, the immediate future, not forever. I don't worry about that. I just noticed one of the can names you, on this list, Craig. Can you tell me the matchups? But I'm pretty sure it's not going to matter, but can you still tell me the matchups? Because uh, I don't know yes, offhand. Yes, of course I can do that. Let me, uh, let me just pull it up here. Just give me a second. The first name is going to be John Means. Um, okay. All right. Uh, I'm pulling up the, the matchups. Hang on one second. That'd be John Means going up against the Angels. All right. So John okay. Means against the Angels. Lucas Giolito against Toronto. At Toronto. Still against Toronto. It's yeah, not, it's just. It's not wrong. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, some pitchers like to pitch at home, Greg. Jeffrey Rodriguez at Oakland. So, you know, it's at Oakland, just in case you were wondering. Uh, Daniel Norris in Minnesota. He's, he's at Minnesota. Make that very clear. Uh, Ivan Nova, coming off his best start of the year. Um, Ivan Nova is facing Toronto in Toronto. Why is he on this list, Greg? He's pitched well as yeah, last time. Yeah, he, he should not be. He might be looking for a streamer this week, gentlemen. Yeah, that's like, that's like recommending Matt Harvey at this point. Michael Pineda against Detroit at home. That's all I got. Uh, I, I, so you threw some names out there that weren't on the rundown. but right, uh, I added them in. It was so a, it's I, a curveball, I mean, Mike. 
To me, there's two that stand above everyone else, and it's Means and Giolito. Like, after that, then, yeah, we could put, like, Daniel Norris and Pineda there. Like, Ivan Nova, I agree with Frank, shouldn't be on this list. Uh, I forget the other name that you you added Jeffrey. that wasn't on. Yes, oh, yeah, he's, he's below Means. Like, to me, it's Means and Giolito, and then it's the other guys. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. I'd rank Giolito number one, uh, not agree. only for the matchup, because, but for the long-term upside uh, still has to figure out the walk issues, but is getting a lot more swings and misses this year and getting a ton of strikeouts. I know his last start, we spoke about it the other day, he was basically fastball changeup, and it worked out quite well for him. He only used four breaking pitches in that start. So I would rank Giolito ahead of Means. But I like Means as well, who will also face Cleveland next week, which is a pretty good matchup if you're looking towards the future, Greg. The What about you, Florio? I know you no, said I, you, I, Giolito over Means, but... Yeah, Giolito, to me, he has a 29.2% strikeout rate right now. And as of yesterday, heading into Thursday's games, there was only, I believe, 16 pitchers that had a 30% swing strike rate. And it's littered with big-name aces. Like, even guys who haven't pitched well but are still getting a ton of strikeouts, like, you know, like uh, like Noah Syndergaard and those guys. Like So, to me, to be in that group with a lot of these, you know, ace-like pitchers and then these other breakout pitchers like Caleb Smith and... and uh, Chris Paddock and those guys. So to be right on there with that strikeout rate, that gets my attention. And additionally, he's also, his hard hit rate is low. His uh, fly ball rate is low. And he's getting more ground balls than he really ever has. So I think, I, you guys know, I've never been a Giolito guy. I was completely off of him last year. I thought he was the worst pitcher in baseball all year last year. But he's pitching different this year. He's pitching well. I would be inclined to take a chance on him before any of those other guys. Taking a shot here on Giolito rather than John Means. In 12-team leagues, we're picking him up? Is that like the kind of area we're yeah. in? Okay. Yep. All right, for both of you guys, when it comes to Giolito. Uh, and then Johnny Means, who we mentioned uh, earlier this week. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have a, a bit of a surprise, a minor surprise, I'd say. We're going to go over some two-star pitchers. We're going to go over more players to drop. We're going to have a drop Joe Musgrove conversation, potentially. We'll see where, where that kind of leads us. And, and again, a, a mini surprise, Frank. Yeah, just a, just, just a mini surprise. Yeah, it's a, not, nothing too crazy. Nothing wild. We'll see what happens. You know, just a little bit. Yeah. All right. So we'll do that uh, on the other side. Mike Florio, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much, guys. It's always fun. We appreciate it. All right. Take a break. We'll come back. Hour number two of Fantasy Best Friends Forever. It's on the way. Next. <laughs> 